Welcome to episode 34 of the Preaching Donkey Podcast. We are continuing with the sermon prep checklist. This is part two of that. We're going through 10 different things. If you missed part one, you can go back to episode 33. Today, we're going to be looking at digging into scripture, how to do that, how to go about that, what to do first, second, third, things like that. So we'll get more into that in just a second. My name is Lane. If you're new to my show, this is the Preaching Donkey Podcast. We talk about preaching. We talk about how to communicate. We talk about how to effectively deliver your messages so that people hear, so that they take action, so that lives are changed. I started Preaching Donkey, preachingdonkey.com, back in 2014 to help preachers communicate better. And it's been an amazing, really fun journey so far. I've gotten to meet a lot of people, gotten to coach a lot of pastors, written two books, One is called Preaching Killer Sermons. The other one is called Become a Preaching Ninja. So you can check those out if you want them. But if you want to follow along today, the best way to do it is to actually grab the 10-step sermon prep checklist for yourself. You see how I did that? Sermon, 10-step sermon prep. I thought that was kind of fun. It's like a preaching, uh, it's like an alliteration, but a little different. 10-step sermon prep checklist. That is at preachingdonkey.com slash checklist. You can download that for free. It's my gift to you, and it will help you. Just put it in front of you as you're preparing your messages, and it will help you to prepare with more focus. Okay, so last week, we talked about determining your topic, title, and hook. We looked at the topic being, what is the sermon about? The title is, what is it called, right? What are we going to call this thing? And then the hook is, what will make your listeners interested in hearing it? That's the tension piece. Now that we have those laid out from step one, we need to move on to step two, which is to dig into scripture. Now, I want to mention something because I know, now I want to mention something because this checklist and this series that we're doing is really geared for and designed for new preachers. Now, if you're an experienced preacher and you listen regularly, I'm I'm glad that you're listening. And I hope that you might learn something new or learn something different and glean something from this. But my expectation is that a lot of people who are listening to this particular series are probably new to preaching. So one of the things that I always like to make sure that new preachers understand is that your sermons should be rooted in the text. They should be derived from the truth of scripture. There should not be a situation where you are spouting off just your opinions and it is detached from the text. You need to be able to show at any point in the message that what you're saying is derived from, is an application of, is a way of understanding what is in the text. So that is why step two, digging into scripture, is such a vital part of sermon prep. It's such a vital part of this checklist. You have to dig into the scripture. And I would say that one of the steps that's not included in this as a like expressed step is prayer. Digging into scripture and prayer are both kind of two sides of the same coin. You have to be seeking the Lord's guidance, the Holy Spirit's guidance in prayer while you are digging into the scripture to try to find out what are the things that I'm going to bring out in this message. So you you have to be rooted in scripture. It has to be derived from the text. 
And at any point in your message, you have to be able to, not that you're gonna need to do this in most cases, but if somebody were to ask, hey, where did you get that? You ought to be able to very clearly articulate, well, you can see it right here in the text, in the scripture, in the passage that we are covering in this message or that I went over in that message. This is a good discipline. Whether you're new to preaching, whether you've been preaching for a long time, to make sure that you have discipline enough to not just spout off your opinion. That's really important. So that's why this step, digging into scripture, prayer, and digging into scripture more, and praying more, this kind of step, step two, is so vital to this process. You really can't go on in your sermon prep until you've nailed this down. So let's talk about what you do in this step. The first thing you have to do is pick a passage. What are you going to preach on? And if if you are the lead pastor or you have control over the calendar, you preach regularly, I would plan this out well in advance. You should not be coming up on a given week wondering what the passage is going to be for that week. I recommend preaching in series. I recommend having the script, the passage that you're going to do on each particular Sunday, the passage that you're going to teach through on each particular Sunday, nailed out well in advance. But let's just say that you've been invited to preach and you're going to be a guest preacher somewhere or you're guest speaking at your church or maybe you're not the lead pastor but you've been asked to speak. How do you pick a passage? And and let's say that you've been given kind of, hey, you, you can preach on whatever you want. Well, when you're picking a passage, go back to your the topic, right? We talked about that. The title, what are you going to call it? What are your what's going to make your listeners interested? And by the way, step 1 and step 2 are somewhat interchangeable. Sometimes you got to dig into the passage before you can determine a topic and a title and a hook. So, this isn't necessarily these two steps aren't necessarily in sequential order as much as they are kind of symbiotic. As you're d- digging into scripture, you're determining the topic. As you're digging into scripture, you're building a tension and building a hook, right? As you're determining your topic, you're digging into scripture. So these two things work together really well. So pick a passage, whether you're going to do a New Testament letter like from Paul, or you're going to go through one of the Gospels, or you're going to do something, a narrative from the Old Testament, or the wisdom literature from the Old Testament, or one of the prophets. Understand Every passage of scripture, every genre of scripture is different and the way you teach it is different. So what you have to do is once you have picked a passage, once you've selected, okay, this is what I'm going to teach through as my main anchor text, you have to then do three very important things to understand that passage well enough to teach it in context and to teach it and do the due diligence of honoring that text, its original authors, and their intent. And that's very important. So what are those three things? The first thing is you have to observe the text. The second thing is you have to interpret the text. And the third thing is you have to apply the text. And by the way, I'm deriving these from a book by Howard Hendricks called Living by the Book. I would definitely check it out. It's really great. But This is a three-step tried-and-true method for studying a Bible passage that is so easy and yet so systematic and so important. So let's go through it. Observation. You have to observe the text. You're asking the question in this step, what does it say? 
We're not worried yet about what it means. We're not worried yet about how to apply it. We're literally asking, what does it say? We are not consulting with commentaries yet, with Bible dictionaries yet. We're not reading through other people's sermons yet, watching other people's sermons yet. Right now, what we are doing is we are holding up the Bible <laughs> and we are reading the words and we're asking ourselves this very important question, what does it say? What am I seeing? What are these words, right? We're looking for connections. We're looking for verbs, like right? where's the action, right? What's happening? We're looking for things like cause and effect. We're looking for uh, commands that were given. We're, we're looking for promises that were, were given. We're, we're looking for what are the things that I'm just seeing in this text? The reason why this is so important to observe the text first is so often we'll get a passage, and I used to do this when I first started preaching, get a passage, and before I even halfway read the passage, I was thinking, okay, let's just go see what such and such commentator has to say about it. Let's see what this Bible dictionary has to say about it. Let's see what XYZ pastor that I really like who's preached on this before. Let's see what they said. And what that does is it robs me of the joy and the journey of reading through that text myself and really understanding it front and back. What does it say? What are the connections? What comes to mind when I read it? How is that scripture speaking to me? How is God, through the Holy Spirit, using that passage to speak to me? I'm going to get to commentaries later. I'm going to check commentaries later. I'm going to check Bible dictionaries. I'm going to watch other people's sermons. I'm going to make sure that whatever conclusions that I've come to aren't just so out of left field that I'm probably going to be teaching heresy. I'm going to do all that. But in this step, the primary question I'm asking is just what does it say? My encouragement to you, if you don't get anything else out of this episode, is the next sermon you have, spend more time on this step than any other step, and you'll do so much better in your understanding of the text. Simply observe. We're looking for uh, connections. When I say connections, I mean when, if you're reading like a New Testament letter, when Paul says, so that, right? This happened, so that, this happened. Or and that, and or therefore, like this happened, therefore that happened. Um, we're looking for things like verbs, right? Where is the action? We're looking for modifiers, right? So you're looking at things like the grammar, right? You're looking as granular as you can, just looking at the text saying, what are what does it say? What are the truths that are coming out of this? What is God speaking to me? I'm observing the text. This is so, so vital. That's the first thing. The second step is we're gonna interpret the text. When we interpret the text, we are asking the question, what does it mean? What does it mean? So we looked at what it says, now we wanna look at what it means. So now is when we're going to bring in commentaries, Bible dictionaries, Bible help, study tools. We're gonna to look at things on, online. We're going to uh, go to other, pre other preachers who have preached on the text. And we are going to try to figure out when it says this, it means what? What is the meaning of the text? To do this, we're gonna to have to understand it in context. So we're gonna read before the passage, we're gonna read after the passage. So if you have a, a passage of maybe five verses that you're working with, and it, that 
those five verses fit within a chapter, read the chapter and try to understand the chapter. That chapter fits within a book. Who wrote the book? Who were they writing to? What was the purpose of their writing? What was the stated goal that they gave? There's all kinds of uh, helps and study tools out there that give you this information. So let's just say that you have a passage that's in Philippians. You're doing Philippians 2, where it talks about Jesus humbling himself and becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross, so that one day everyone, every knee would bow and every tongue would confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Right, you're in that passage, it's in Philippians 2. Well, if you broaden out from that and you look at what is Philippians all about? Well, Paul was in prison. It's one of the prison epistles. So he's writing in prison and his main theme in Philippians is joy in all circumstances. So if we understand that, then it helps to put a little bit more context into that set of statements that he makes about Jesus and his humanity and his deity and how those two things work together. So if we understand the broader context, it gives so much more meaning and we can properly interpret where he was coming from and what he meant. And then Philippians fits within the New Testament, right? It's in the section of the New Testament where you've got the letters to the churches, right? So this was a letter written to the church in Philippi. And that was one of many letters written to many churches by the Apostle Paul. Why did he write these letters? When did he write these letters? Okay. And then we broaden out from that. It, it's in the New Testament. What is the New Testament? Well, the New Testament is about Jesus and his redeeming work on the cross and how he's going to restore all things to himself. And he's going to come again. And God's how, how, how do God's people follow God? They follow God by following Jesus, right? How do they know God? They know God through Jesus. So this one little passage is a part of a broader context of scripture that if we understand it and we really just take the time to say, where does this fit in the context, then we begin to understand how that one set of five verses fits into this broader, bigger puzzle of that book and that, you know, the, that testament <laughs> and ultimately the Bible, right? Where does it fit in the whole Bible? And where does it fit in God's story that he's telling, the story of the gospel? So that's really, really important. This is when I would go ahead and read through commentaries. I would watch other people's sermons. I, <clears throat> I would get a good study Bible and just see what the thoughts are on that particular section of scripture and read it in context. So, so far what we've done is we've asked the question, what does it say as we observe the text? What does it mean as we're trying to figure out what the text means as we're interpreting the text? And then finally, number three, how does it apply? In other words, this is application. Another way of saying this is how does it work, right? If I know what the text is saying and I know what it means, then why does it matter? What am I gonna do with it? This is when you wanna look for promises to claim, right? What are the promises that we as God's people can claim in our lives from this passage? We wanna look for commands to obey. What are the things that are expressed commands in the scripture that if we're going to be obedient to God, we need to live by these commands? What are sins to avoid? What are the things that we just say, you know what, this is, this is something I definitely want to avoid in my life if I'm going to follow Jesus and live holy. What are examples to follow or avoid, right? If, especially if it's a narrative passage where we see something happen that where somebody kind of disobeyed God, they made the wrong decision, they were imprudent, 
Well, what is the example that I need to avoid? Or maybe what is the example that I need to follow? These are all points of application that we can bring out in our, in our sermon. But right now what we're doing is we're just looking at the text. We may not use all of this. In fact, if you do this right, you're gonna collect and discover a ton in your study and only a small percentage of that is going to work its way into your sermon. And that's actually really good. That means you're drawing from a full wealth of knowledge rather than scraping the bottom of a barrel, right? The scraping, scraping a dry well. Most pastors, especially if they're inexperienced in this area, they will be, they'll get up to preach and they're gonna give you everything they know about that passage in about five minutes because they really haven't taken the time to dig deep into what does it say, what does it mean, and how does it work? Observing it, interpreting it, and applying it. If you do those three things, then you're gonna be well prepared when you start sitting down to outline the message, which we'll get to in our next episode. When you sit down to outline the message, you're gonna have much more to work with to determine of what I studied, what are the, what are the most important pieces and where do they fit in this whole package that I'm about to deliver in this message. So those are the three steps. And then finally, you wanna find supporting text. So we pick a passage, we do those three things, and then we find supporting text. By the way, supporting text are one way to find the meaning of the text. So when you're looking at what does this text mean, scripture interprets scripture. And so if you find verses that relate and verses that complement and verses that give more context and meaning, those can help you understand the scripture better. Again, in step two, we are studying the Bible to prepare a message. So the thing that's different about this is you might do all of these things in your normal study, but when you're preparing a message and you're asking, what is it saying? What does it mean? How do we apply it? You also want to begin to take notes of what are the things that would you could draw out and begin to form into a message as you're preaching. That's really important to do. Supporting text can really help with that. So those are the three things. So what I would say is the next time you're preparing your message, like when you're preparing a message this week and you get to the scripture, if you do nothing else but spend time observing the text, that's a win. What makes it even better is if you move on to what does it mean and how do I apply it? You write all those things down and you do all that before you move on to the third step, which is to outline the sermon, which we're going to get into next week. So look out for that. That'll be next week. Until then, grab your checklist at preachingdonkey.com slash checklist. And I'll see you in our next episode. Until then, remember, if God can speak through a donkey, he can speak through you and he can speak through me. We'll see you next time here at the Preaching Donkey Podcast. Thank you.